Chapter Fifty of the Wild Huntress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. The Wild Huntress by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter Fifty up the canyon we had not ridden far from the halting place when we arrived at the end of the great cottonwood forest beyond that the trace led over open grounds here and there dotted by groves and islands of timber through these we threaded our way keeping as much as possible among the trees further on we came upon a gorge one of the noted canyons through which the herfano runs here the river sweeps down the narrow channel with rocky banks that rise on each side into precipitous cliffs of stupendous height to avoid this gorge impassable for wheeled vehicles the wagon trace below its entrance turns off to the right and we perceived that the caravan had taken that direction to get around the heads of the transverse ravines that run into the canyon a detour must be made of not less than ten miles in length beyond the canyon the trace once more returns to the stream the notes of the military reconnaissance had forewarned me of this deviation and furthermore that the trace passes over a ridge altogether destitute of timber to follow it therefore in the broad light of day would expose our little party to view if hostile indians should be hanging after the caravan they would be sure to see us and equally certain to make an attack upon us and from the traces we had noticed at the night camp to say nothing of what wingrove had seen we knew that there were indians in the valley they might not be hostile but the chances were ten to one that they were and under this supposition it would be imprudent in us to risk crossing the ridge before nightfall there were two alternatives to remain under the timber till after sunset and then proceed by night or to push on into the canyon and endeavor to make our way along the bed of the stream so far as we knew the path was an untried one but it might be practicable for horses we were now on the most dangerous ground we had yet trodden the highway of several hostile tribes and their favorite tenting place when going to or returning from their forays against the half-civilized settlements of new mexico the proximity of the caravan which we calculated to be about ten miles ahead of us only increased our risk there was but little danger of the indians attacking that the train was too strong even without at the escort but the probability was 
that a band of indian horse thieves would be skulking on its skirts not to make an attack upon the caravan itself but as wolves after a gang of buffalo to sacrifice the stragglers unless when irritated by some hostile demonstration these robbers confined themselves to plundering but in the case of some murder is the usual concomitant of plunder the delay of another night was disheartening to all of us but especially so to myself for reasons already known if we should succeed in passing through the canyon perhaps on the other side we might come in sight of the caravan cheered on by this prospect we hesitated no longer but hastening forward entered between the jaws of the defile a fearsome chasm it was the rocky walls rising perpendicularly to the height of many hundreds of feet presenting a grim facade on each side of us the sky above appeared a mere strip of blue and we were surrounded by a gloom deeper than that of twilight the torrent roared and foamed at our feet and the trail at times traversed through the water there was a trail as we soon perceived and what was more significant one that had recently been travelled horses had been over it and in several places the rocky pebbles that should otherwise have been dry were wet by the water that had dripped from their fetlocks a large troop of horses must have passed just before us had the dragoon escort gone that way more likely a party of mounted travellers belonging to the train and yet this did not strike us as being likely we were soon convinced that such was not the case on riding forward we came upon a mud deposit at the mouth of one of the transverse ravines over which led the trail the mud exhibited the tracks distinctly and in a more significant light they were hoof tracks we saw that more than a hundred horses had passed up the defile and not one shod animal among them this fact was very significant they could not have been troop horses nor yet those of white men if ridden they must have been ridden by indians it did not follow that they were ridden we were travelling through a region frequented by the mustang droves that had been seen upon our route at great distances off for these are the shyest and wildest of all animals a cavalada may have passed through the gorge on their way to the upper valley there was nothing improbable in this although the plains are the favorite habitat of the horse the mustang of spanish america is half a mountain animal and often penetrates the most difficult passes climbing the declivities with hoof as sure as that of a chamois had these horses been ridden that was the point to be determined and how 
the sign was not very intelligible but sufficiently so for our purpose the little belt of mud deposit was only disturbed by a single line of tracks crossing it directly from side to side the animals had traversed it in single file wild horses would have crowded over it some of them at least kicking out to one side or the other this i myself knew the reasoning appeared conclusive we had no longer a doubt that a large party of indians had gone up the gorge before us and not very long before us it now became a question of advance or retreat to halt within the defile even had a halting place offered would have been perilous above all things there was no spot where we could conceal either ourselves or our animals the mounted indians might be returning down again and finding us in such a snug trap would have us at their mercy we did not think therefore of staying where we were to go back was too discouraging we were already half through the canyon and had ridden over a most difficult path often fording the stream at great risk and climbing over boulders of rock that imperiled the necks both of ourselves and our animals we determined to keep on we were in hopes that the indians had by this time passed clear through the gorge and ridden out into the valley above in that case there would be no great risk in our proceeding to the upper end our expectations did not deceive us we reached the mouth of the chasm without having seen other signs of those who had proceeded us than the tracks of their horses we had heard sounds however that had given us some apprehension the report of guns not as during the early part of the day in single shots but in half dozens at a time and once or twice in large volleys as if of a scattering fuselage the sounds came from the direction of the upper valley and were but faintly heard so faintly that we were in doubt as to whether they were reports of firearms the grumbling and rushing of the river hindered us from hearing them more distinctly but for the presence of indians in the valley about which we were quite certain we should perhaps not have noticed the sounds or else have taken them for something else perhaps we might have conjectured that a gang of buffaloes had passed near the train leading to a brisk emptying of rifles but the presence of indians rendered this hypothesis less probable we still continued to observe caution before emerging from the defile we halted near its entrance wingrove and myself stealing forward to reconnoitre an elevated post which we obtained upon a shelf of the rock gave us a commanding prospect of the upper valley the sight restored our confidence the caravan was in view.
End of chapter 50